0: Good evening, Light City Church. Uh, I feel impacted by the Lord's presence right now. And I think I'm trying to discern how much of that is just like a personal gift for me. (laughs) And how much of that is actually an invitation for us going in together tonight. And uh, I feel like we're going in together tonight that there's more that God is gonna do here, and he just began something that was really precious, and so uh, it is part of our heart and passion to honor the pearl of the Holy Spirit's presence as much as possible. He is the pearl, and one of our great joys is to step aside when he comes onto the scene uh, just to make room for what he wants to do. So as I'm sharing Tonight I do have a word on my heart, but I just want you to know that the main thing is what's already begun, which is the Lord present with us tonight. And I would encourage you to yield to him and let him have his way with you, yes? Okay, so uh, I'm Katie and this is Mitch. We're married, as you may have picked up on. And uh, we've been married for 11 years now and thank you, Jesus, (laughs) and we were here last year, and met some of you, and some of you are new, and we have been looking forward to coming. I honestly, Monday morning when I woke up, one of the thoughts that crossed my brain was, I get to worship at Light City Church this week, (laughs) because I knew, like, I knew that when we came, it was going to be anointed, and pure, and powerful, and that we would personally benefit from that, so Um, we've only been here for like an hour and I just already feel so loved and all the greeters you know that you have in place and the huggers and the smiling people (laughs) this is a very very special place a special culture and it's really fun to step into it we enjoy that so thank you for having us this is going to be a good time Uh, one of the ways I think can be helpful for you to get to know who we are a little bit is just to share little bit about the things that we put out and the way that i want to do that is actually by gifting them tonight prophetically Um, so mitch and i uh, have a ministry called connect up that is focused on healing for the heart so we are really passionate about wholeness which uh, tina was mentioning in her prayer and i was working for a season uh, for the salvation army international development office in the realm of anti-human trafficking programs and i had a moment that was like a call from god moment where i was at a table with some other people that were working on the issue of human trafficking from different organizations and they were having a discussion about what was going on and how we could better collaborate and there was this woman uh, who has an organization called project rescue out of um, Mumbai India and she made this statement the problem is we can get the girls out of the brothel but we can't get the brothel out of the girls and there's this cyclical pattern of all of this effort being put into these rescue missions which are so important in God's heart but this uh, void of knowing what to do for internal transformation and when she made that statement it was like time froze And I just knew, like, that's the peace that I'm called to. And I just have faith that Jesus can do it. That Jesus can bring a dynamic internal transformation into our lives. And it doesn't matter, friends, how uh, you define your own story, if you think your needs are shallow or deep, through the entire spectrum, Jesus is able to bring internal transformation so that we can live from a place of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Our hearts actually impact everything that we do, the reality of what's going on inside, if we're comfortable, if we're uncomfortable, if we're feeling courageous, if we're feeling afraid, the reality of what's happening inside is impacting. And I believe that Jesus is really passionate about our heart being safe in him, being whole in him, being properly loved by him. And that when you look at the miracles of Jesus, he's ministering differently every time. And I believe it's because he's addressing so much more than the body. He's actually penetrating to people's hearts. So in our time together this weekend, I'm going to ask you to be brave and consider bringing before the Lord the honest condition of your heart. Knowing that he is a safe place for it. He's a safe place for it. And there's something of a strengthening work that God is going to do in every single one of us in the time that we have together because of his passion for your heart and this actually can be really good news i mean it's not just anyone that will take time for your heart but he will and he wants to and he's already beginning to Yes. (laughs) so uh, in the midst of our journey we have some of you know that experience a lot of heartache and I am learning that we are not alone in this world as people that have experienced heartache. That so many of us have our own stories of grief and loss and disappointment, and yet we have found God to be so beautiful in the midst of it. That one of the the gems of following Christ is that he never leaves us. He's always there, he's always present, and he's consistently good and uh, in our journey we have a a little girl who passed away from a genetic disease which some of you heard about last time we were here but I mention it because it's a big part of our story and what God's formed in us Um, but also because I wrote a book about her life and who God was for us in that journey And it's very raw, it's very very vulnerable, it's very honest, um, but we're finding that people are experiencing healing in their own stories even though their stories are different just by opening up ours and being able to share the space of suffering and God's compassion in it. Um, So I do feel like tonight I wanna say this to you that um, there is recovery from grief. There is. You don't ever get over the fact that you miss someone you love. In that way, loss is always with you in some sense, but it doesn't have to be with you in an oppressive way. And I just feel like there are some people here who need to hear that. There actually is a way out from the seasons of life that you feel you're stuck under a shadow. There is there is a way out. It doesn't have to always be like that. Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's someone here who maybe's lost a loved one in the last year. I don't know if that's too vulnerable to ask, but I would like to gift this to you. Yeah. Um, so what's your name? I won't ask you the situation, but
1: Kyler.
0: Kyler? Yeah. Okay, so as a family of believers, right? Let's just bless Kyler tonight. So uh, Kyler, I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I honor you for being here tonight, and just for your courage in the journey that you've had over the last couple months. And um, I see, I see you just putting like one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, and the Lord honoring you for choosing forward motion in your own life. I feel like there's been these uh, temptations to sink and stop and get stuck along the way, but because of your strength of heart, you've made an internal decision not to get stuck, and you're choosing to put one foot in front of the other, and I feel like God wants to publicly honor you for your strength in that journey, and so we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Um. Mitch has, is a musician as well, and, and his CD is instrumental music, just to underscore times of prayer. And I actually felt wondered if there was a parent here whose child has been having a hard time sleeping, maybe bad dreams or that kind of thing. Yes, okay. Um, I feel like this is for you, that the Lord is gonna bring healing, not only through the music, but sovereignly as well. And so uh, I just wanna bless your child in the situation. Is that okay with you? Okay, yeah. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for your passion for peace. And in the name of Jesus, I sever any oppressive thing that would interrupt the sleep of this child. And I declare that it ends today in Jesus' name. And I welcome the emerging of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that this child is carrying, that this child would begin to receive dreams from God in full color in place of what's been happening. We bless the prophetic gifts that this child has, and in Jesus' name, declare a transition from oppression to glory in the night. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. (laughs) okay this is for you yeah. <laughs> what's your name steph, steph? Yeah. okay this is a message on courage and uh you. do you guys know steph <laughs> there <and> there? <laughs> uh steph when i saw you uh, earlier i just felt like the words said you're a courageous you're a courageous woman yes And I feel like there have been uh, patterns of temptation to self-identify with timidity and fear, but it's actually because the opposite is on your life. And uh, there's been a battle, and I believe it's going to break right now, in your mind about your identity being connected to timidity or boldness and courage. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are a courageous woman, and I break in Jesus' name any demonic assignment of fear off of your life in Jesus' name. And I feel like the Lord says, even you're going to start to see your own story differently, that you're going to be able to see how courageous you've been in your own story, and that's the truth about you. And I believe there's a leadership uh, call on your life, You have capacity to lead others. And as soon as you take hold of your identity as one who is courageous, people are going to be automatically starting to follow you, and that is the will of God, that you would lead people into a place of nearness with Jesus through courage. I bless you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. As we go along and and I share words like that, or Mitch shares words like that, I want you to know that we love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yay! (laughs) We really, really do. Uh, I believe that they are gifts from God, and anything that God decides to give us is very good, right? And it's also something that we are learning and growing in all the time. There is no pressure for you to take to heart Something that I say to you or Mitch says to you if it doesn't resonate with you. You are powerful in that interaction and you can weigh it before God and you can choose between you and the Lord, whether you think it's right, whether you think it's time for it, etc. It makes sense? Okay. All right. So tonight, um, there is more, thank you, God, and, uh, I want to talk about the secret place tonight. (laughs) I'm excited about that. And uh, I believe there's actually something of a corporate encounter for us in the secret place. And I was feeling it, like, as we were going in worship, like, yes, like, this is where we're going. There's a secret place and we're going there together. And here's what I want you to know. As we go through the conference, I feel like God has given me uh, three targets for the meetings. And um, like tonight, I believe that it's entering into the secret place together. That there's a shedding that God wants to do of things that hinder us from communion with Him, with the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm going to tell you like a corresponding vision in a moment, but I think we're going to go in, like we're climbing in, we're choosing to take off our bags or things that would hinder us, and we're going into a place of together of intimacy with the Lord, and then uh, tomorrow night, we're going to pursue healing. I believe that inside of the secret place, God wants to release the miracles, Miracles, signs and wonders, uh, breakthrough things that we need, okay? And then the third meeting, I I feel like we're supposed to emerge from the secret place empowered with a fresh vision and inspiration for impacting the world around us, okay? So that's where we are, and that's uh, where I believe that we're going. So I want to hopefully, as I share about the secret place, it's not so much about information, but I'm hoping that some kind of reality in the spirit opens up to us. It's a real place in the spirit. There really actually is a secret place where you get separated onto God. And I want to go, I want to go there. <laughs> we're gonna go there. Okay, so we're gonna look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Verses one and two. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Again. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Okay, so I have a photo of a refuge that I want to show you, and then I'm going to speak to it from this verse it's the first photo okay look at that and listen to this he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust and the vision I had when I was praying into this night was of all of us actually climbing up into this thing, which is involves some work. <laughs> like there's some effort to get there. But inside of it, there's a place of rest and encounter with God that is worth putting effort out to get there. There are times in our walk with the Lord where we have to stop and rest. There are things that you can receive from God in a place of rest that you can't receive in a different state. And oftentimes it's the place of rest and refuge that you get a fresh revelation of the nature of God. Because when you rest, it positions you to give him his job. (laughs) And when you hand over to him his role, you get a fresh experience and empowerment of who he is for you what is nature is make sense? Okay. I want to go through. You can actually leave that up for now. So just this first first, um, he who dwells, I wanna tell you what it what this be- means because we're going there together. All right, he who dwells. Dwelling is like what we were doing tonight in worship when we were just waiting in between things. It means to remain, to sit, to abide, to sit down, to be unhurried, to not be in a rush. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> How many of us is that hard for? (laughs) (laughs) To be in an unhurried state (laughs) is part of the work of getting into the refuge. (laughs) Before Mitch and I started dating, one of the most attractive qualities to me about him was that he cannot rush. And it is made for a lot of conflict in our relationship. <laughs> but we lead well together because we're on two opposite ends. I love to just go, 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 go. I actually enjoy being hurried, like, you know? And, and he doesn't. It's, his default is to wait and my default is to go. And I remember we went to a huge university in Philadelphia where we met, Temple University. And when class would let out, it was like a sea of students would come out of the uh, building. And I remember watching every single one of them outpace this man. (laughs) It was like the whole crowd would be in front of him and then he was just taking his time, you know, walking. And it really was attractive to me because I'm like, what kind of species, like, I don't know. (laughs) This is so different than the way that I live. I don't understand. (laughs) The capacity to actually wait and dwell and not be hurried is actually, that's the kind of person, that's the kind of state, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. Yes? He who dwells in the shelter, shelter, a covering, a hiding place, a safe place. You know, I've been thinking often in the last couple months as we're ministering to more and more people with brokenheartedness that the concept of being safe is so important. That when someone comes in and we meet with them, the first thing that needs to happen is they need to feel safe. Otherwise, we get nowhere in the process of their heart. Hearts don't expose. They just don't expose unless there's a sense of safety, if there's real safety. There is a secret place. There is a shelter in God that is a purely safe place for your and my heart. Mm. And we have to know that, we have to have faith for that if we're gonna go there. Otherwise we can step in, but our heart is still withdrawn. Mm -hmm. And then I just wanna highlight this word, uh, will abide. It says in some versions, um, the Most High will rest or will abide in the shadow of the Almighty, which actually means to lodge or stop over. You You stay a while, passing for the night, to abide, to remain. You stay until you're done. You stay there until you're done, until he says you're done. It's really hard to sleep in a place you don't feel safe, isn't it? Like in my case, if there's bugs, okay? Like I've been on some mission trips where I cannot sleep (laughs) because there are bugs. (laughs) On the flip side, we love having people in our home, and when someone falls asleep in my house, I get so happy (laughs) because I know that they actually feel safe. Like if someone can take a nap in my house, we've crossed a threshold (laughs) in our friendship, right? (laughs) We'll abide, we'll stay over, we'll lodge in the presence of the Almighty. Okay, so the Lord is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. I want to show you the difference between refuge and fortress, and I've got some pictures, so we'll scroll through So there's a refuge. Next. This is also a refuge. A refuge is a place where you stop over uh, because you need a rest or because there's a threat or there's a storm, that kind of thing. Next. This is a fortress. (laughs) A fortress is actually a defense. It's a home. So what does this mean? The Lord is my fortress. Okay, keep going. This is would be a what? Refuge. Yes, keep going. This is a fortress, yes. Fortress, yes. Can you see it? <laughs> a little Refuge. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Yeah, so you're getting it, right? The difference? So let's think about it for a minute. If we're saying the Lord is my refuge and fortress, what are we saying? So there's, good, you can pause there. So there's a refuge. If you're saying the Lord is my refuge, That means in a time of threat, you're not running away from him. You're running into him. He is the safe place in times of threat, in times of need, in times of stress. Like your go to, your reaction is to go in and to actually find shelter with him instead of trying to build your own. What about the Lord is my fortress? What, like how can we relate to him in that way? Some of those fortresses are intense, right? Like (laughs) 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 That's the strength of my life, that's my home. That's my place of protection. If you have a fortress like that, you don't actually need self-protection in your life. You don't actually need it because you have this enormous fortress that you live from who is the Lord. And here is what is exhausting to us, friends, when we try to maintain the role ourselves of refuge and fortress when we try to create our own safe places. If you're your own fortress, it's just a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work and it involves a lot of control. When the Lord is your fortress, you literally can let down, you can let down, you can let the armor go. You can let the walls down because he is that for you. Make sense? Okay. So I just wanna paint a couple scenarios here from the life of Jesus about the secret place, the refuge and the fortress. And as I go through this, my hope is that you will personally identify with one or more as something that God is putting his finger on and inviting you into as we enter into this conference together. In Mark 1, very early in the morning, let's not pick that one. (laughs) Just kidding. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else. Okay, so then Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he, he goes away to a secret place with the Father, as some of you are doing even tonight. And when he comes back, he has a fresh vision of where they're supposed to be going and what they're supposed to be doing. This is one of the things that happens when you go into the secret place. You get a fresh vision. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit even now to begin doing that. Releasing to us the fresh vision that he has for us this weekend. That we would go into this secret place and when we come out we'd say, Hey, I know I'm supposed to be going that way. And let's go that way. So we're asking you, Father, to release fresh, clear vision personal and corporate, as we enter into the secret place. In Luke 5.15, yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sicknesses, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I think one of the potentials of being together like this in a conference is you can catch a hunger for something that continues in your life, right? So he often withdrew. So if we together, and I'm so thankful you're here, like that says so much, you're setting aside time to seek the Lord together. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. But maybe as you do it, you fall in love with it, and then it happens often. There are a number of cases here that are special to me, where Jesus is actually spending time by the water, withdrawing to the lake, walking by the lake, getting in a boat, standing by the shore. And I think there's actually something about stepping aside from your normal space, your routine to seek the Lord. And that can be this space in our time together. There's something about going, separating yourself from the familiar so that you can be open to the unfamiliar and something new of him and his presence. There are times where Jesus actually withdrew with people, with his friends. And actually, some of you, that's really what you need. You do enough of the isolated thing (laughs) for some of you. You need to encounter God with people, with one another. Mark 3, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake. Mark 6, he says, come away with me to a quiet place. And I don't know what this means. What do you think? Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, He asked, who do the crowds say I am? I don't really know how that works. He's praying in private, but his disciples are with him. Maybe he's just praying in the spirit pacing like we do, right? Praying in private, but his disciples are with him. I love this example of Jesus withdrawing into the secret place that precedes him coming back walking on water because he technically missed the boat, okay? (laughs) Like technically he went away to pray and he prayed for too long for the schedule. He went off the schedule and he missed the boat. But when he steps back onto the scene, he steps on empowered walking on water. After hours of prayer, So he didn't seem too concerned about submitting his prayer life to his schedule. It seemed like his schedule was submitted to his prayer life. We also see Jesus withdraw to the secret place after he lost his friend. John the Baptist was killed. And I believe in that too, space to grieve. The need to step aside and to honestly process. It's a very fun study that you can go into deeper on your own. But there are so many incredible scenarios of Jesus actually withdrawing into the secret place. It was a regular practice for him. And, you know, we don't really know a whole lot of what took place between him and the father there because it's a secret (laughs) and yours is a secret too. And that's one of the beauties of it. Hidden things are so precious, but it takes some work to pursue them. Have you ever gone on a hike and you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods and just begin to discover these incredibly beautiful scenes that no vehicle could get to. It's hidden. People drilling into the earth and finding gems. There's something about the tenacity of pursuing the Lord in the secret place. And I'm telling you, there are gems there. There are beauties there. There are things that you don't find just in 20 minutes. And it's worth pursuing. And not only is it worth pursuing, we actually need it. We need it. We need to draw away with him. Like you're choosing to do in these days. Okay, so let's go in, yes? (laughs) Just a few processes to to getting in. Hebrews 4.10. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. It's the internal work of focus and presence. It's the internal work of laying down the distractions, the anxieties, the fears, making the effort, making the effort I think to really go in, we have to give God his roles. One of the questions I love to ask when I'm ministering to individuals is have them ask God, what is your role and what is my role in this situation? And I would ask you that tonight for wherever you are, whatever you've come from, whatever you're processing, What is your role? What is God's role? Is it possible that he could take on the role of refuge and fortress for you tonight and you could let down and be with him? And how might that change your daily experience? He's really capable of his job. And when we get there, there's this discipline that's easier for some than others to be still. (laughs) That's the dwelling, that's the waiting, letting him have the first word, perhaps. Being still can be scary because you have to face what's going on inside but I think it's a a checkup on your heart to be still. And it matters how you're actually doing, what's really going on. I remember when we were in a time of, of suffering and in the hospital with Ruby Joy and her care was very intense around the clock. And some of you know what that is, to be caregiving for someone who's suffering. And my mom came to relieve us. And I was so scared to step away from her room. Because as long as I was there, it was like all my attention was held hostage by her needs and what had to happen. And I didn't really have to face myself Mm -hmm. and what was going on inside of me. And I didn't really want to break, even though I needed one, because I was afraid. But how good is it really to run from ourselves? Stillness creates an opportunity for authenticity where God can meet us and do something about the honest condition of our hearts. Okay, making effort to get there, we're giving God his roles. Oh, thank you, Lord. And being willing to be still. Maybe together we could fall in love with the secret place. I think there's an invitation for us there, yeah? Okay, I want to pray and then I want to do some ministry on this topic and basically ask the lord to bring us in to bring us in together and i think that will involve you and i laying some things down tonight surrendering some things we've been concerned about and maybe running in maybe walking in maybe crawling in i don't know what you need but i do think there's a place in the spirit where we can go and rest And he has something for us there. And for some of you, even tonight, I believe as you come into the secret place together, uh, you'll get a fresh vision of something. Some of you may need to lay down and take a quick nap. (laughs) That's okay too. I also believe that there is a grace here even now For those of us who have a really hard time stopping we don't even feel like it's a choice we can make when we want to make it i believe there's a grace here tonight for us to get in (laughs) for us to go in yeah okay so let's just go before the lord corporately first thank you (laughs) I just want you to ask him, just in your own heart, um, if there's anything that he wants you to give to him tonight, Jesus, we come before you, and we just ask you, if there's anything hindering us from entering into the secret place with the Father, we invite your conviction, God, and I pray for a grace for surrender, that we would be able to let go. He's capable of being a fortress for you. I feel like even, it's simple, but I feel like there are some people here, your schedules have become like your God. You're, honestly, you're serving your schedule, and Jesus is asking for it tonight. feel like there may be some people here who don't feel worthy to go into a close place, a secret place with God. And I, I'm telling you, the door is open to you and he's calling your name. like he just loves you and he wants to be close to you he wants you to have the benefit of For you.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus, fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.